Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger. Jack Thompson. The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning, San Antonio. Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I am James Pledger. Jack Thompson is out today, wedding to go to. Instead, I got our good friend, the Rock the Mic 2 champ, Miss Carolina Teague in the building with me. Good morning. Good morning, CT. It's been a minute. I'm really sad Katie's not here today. <laughs> you, I already know that. <laughs> I know. The first thing you did when you walked in, where's Katie? I was like, my I bad. Didn't, I didn't even say hi to Pleasure. She's busy. Yeah, I didn't even say hi to Pleasure. I just rolled in like, where's Katie at? supposed to be here today. That's my bad. No, I, I'm excited. We, Katie's here in spirit. So she is. is. So is Jack. They're all here. They're all here in spirit. It's just us, though. But this is a fun, fun weekend. And I am super excited that you are in studio with me because it has been a long time, my friend. It's been years since we've done a solo show together. I know. The last time we did one together was in 2017 or 2018. It's been a hot minute. Longer than a hot minute. (laughs) Like if we had a child... At the moment it's that walking. we did, yeah, our child's our child's in like second grade, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, but so much going on in the world of sports this weekend. Of course, you know, Josh Primo and the San Antonio Spurs is a huge thing right now. It is something that you have been following very closely mm-hmm. as one of the Spurs insiders. Of course, working at Sports Tonight, you have been on top of that. We've got a huge. Huge college football weekend. Number one versus number two. We got Alabama and LSU, which is six versus 15. Texas and Kansas State, which is 24 versus 13. I mean, there is so much going on in the world of college sports right now. The NFL trade deadline just passed. Teams are getting ready for their push into the playoffs and for a Super Bowl. And the NBA season on top of the Spurs, is just nuts. Mm -hmm. Teams we don't expect to be good are good. Teams we expected to be great are bad. Like Mm -hmm. It is a hosh-posh and a Mm -hmm. nightmare of different scenarios Mm -hmm. across the NBA right now. Yeah, backwards world. Yeah, Yeah. it's the upside down. Yeah, it's like uh, putting on walking backwards. (laughs) Everything's in reverse right now. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that, but it, you know, Everything, all good things come to an end, and sometimes we see the topsy turvy of everything, and it's fun to watch. It is we don't expect it because we love chaos, which is yes. why when we had our first college football playoff rankings released this week, everybody's already thinking, all right, how can my team get into the top four to make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Who needs to lose? This team needs to lose. What if that team needs to lose? I need this team and that team to lose so that we win and move into the top four, mm-hmm. and we all 
root for chaos. In mm-hmm. sports, we love chaos. Mm-hmm. Status quo isn't our friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and also, too, we don't have to do that for much longer because now it's going to be 12 teams in the playoffs. They just I, ruled out recently. I <laughs> cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be even more hardcore. More. Well, do you think it's going to be more chaotic? Because I, there's more teams, but there's that means more opportunities. It's more opportunities, but I think the opportunities help create the chaos as well. Because as if we look at college football throughout the regular, we do see a lot of the same teams in the Final Four every year. Mm-hmm. Clemson, Alabama, Alabama. Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Like, is the same list of contenders. Maybe a Cincinnati will slip in there like last yeah. year, Michigan last year. But for the most part, we see th- two to three of the same teams year after year after year. Yeah, and that kind of gets boring to be – well, I mean – it, it is kind of boring. It's kind of like the NBA where you see like the Warriors all the time and you get sick of it. Do you think that I think it's going to give, like you said, more opportunities and more fun to watch, too? Yes, because, because your team's not eliminated immediately. immediately. <laughs> 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 and you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. Like You lose one or two games. Maybe you lose your quarterback and all of a sudden... By the time he comes back, the season's over. <laughs> that's not a concern anymore. You can weather something like that. Now. Right. Yeah. That, um, that's that's exciting. I, I agree with you. So I'm looking forward to that. They said they have to install that uh, new 12-game playoff uh, rule by 2026. Yes. Do you think it's going to happen sooner? Like I maybe do. You do? What year? Like next year? Not next year. That? I think 24 or 25. I think by by the time Texas leaves for the SEC, the 12-team playoff will be in place. Okay. Yeah, because I was wondering. I was like, are they going to wait it out till 2026? I don't even know what year we're in right now. What, 2022? Okay. Two. Yeah. So, so that's be four, four years. years. <laughs> okay. So we have four years to make the change. So, so our slow. second grader would be in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. He's a middle schooler <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Our second grader that we had <laughs> when we first did the show together, it'll be in sixth grade. Yeah. So, no, I I think it'll be... I think that's a reasonable number. 2024, maybe 2025. I think 2024 is kind of four or five is kind of what is circled as what they would like. If you were in charge, right? Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, let's put you in charge of this. Oh, this is dangerous. And you had to implement when the 12-game playoff rule is going to go down. Mm -hmm. What year would you make it happen? I'm trying to make it happen next year. Okay. I want it as fast as possible if I'm in charge. (laughs) Yeah. Because, A, more teams, Mm. more games, more revenue, more money. Like, everything revolves around money in college football. So I do think the time frame will be pushed up due to the monetary factor involved, which benefits everyone. Mm -hmm. Teams involved, the schools the attendances of those schools because more playoff teams, mm-hmm. you you see national championships and college football playoff football teams. Those teams that end up making it have huge attendance spikes. Mm-hmm. So it's good for the universities as well. Very true. Plus, it gives us a chance with UTSA moving to the American for them to possibly mm-hmm. put their foot forward. Stamp, stamp, stamp themselves. Yeah. They need a stamp. It gives them a chance because we saw them break into the top 25 last year. Yep. But because of the, the schedule that they played, it's very hard to Crap. get them high enough. Uh-huh. Even if they would have went undefeated last year, uh-huh. it's hard to get them high enough and enough recognition to get into a top four. But a top 12, uh-huh. 
especially when you move up in conference to the American all of a sudden, mm-hmm. where you're pl- facing better competition. Mm-hmm. I think that gives UTSA a chance to at least put themselves in a position to challenge to make a college football playoff where before it was really just a pipe dream. Right. That's what bothers me about how UTSA was treated, especially last year. They were unranked and they were having the season of their lifetime. And it was frustrating to see them go undefeated for so long. And every week we'd all log in online to see the college football rankings and they wouldn't be there. So it would be nice to see them finally make a list, especially when you have the expansion of the playoff teams. That'd be great. So I agree with you on that aspect. Me personally, if I was the manager and I, or I was the head of this and I was in charge, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I'd probably do it on December 31st of 2026. So that's why I'm glad I'm not in charge of anything. Cause I would just, just, You've got your playoff. Yeah, We're doing you it got now. it. We already did it. We, we met the deadline. <laughs> How about it? But yeah, no, I see you have great reasons why you do that. Be- and, and also, too, attendance goes up. Tuition might go up. So it might be fun for us. Plus, it keeps eyes fixated on more games. Mm-hmm. Like the, the top 25, the back end of the top 25 has no shot at the playoffs mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Now, LSU... Ole Miss, these teams, Kansas State, these teams on the back end of the 15 to 25 and the top 25 now still have something to play for and have a chance. Mm -hmm. And their dreams of being in a playoff are no longer just squashed. Yeah, they're not just like pipe dreams. Yeah, now they actually still have an opportunity to make that push, which I believe will lead to a better product on the field as well. It's interesting that they went with 12 because everybody originally thought it was going to be eight. I did too. You did too. I did. I, I wanted 12, uh-huh. but I figured, you know, six or eight would be the maximum because they're incrementally, it took us forever just to get from two to four. Right. So I figured the next natural progression would be four to six just to kind of Get your feet wet. Yeah. That's what I felt like, too. Like, they to expand from 4 to 12, that was the most shocking thing to me. But they jumped all the way in. They just said jumped out the window. (laughs) They jumped out the window. They're like, you know what? We're just going to shut y'all up and give y'all 12. They went to the high dive and jumped in. Which (laughs) And the way they've got it kind of scheduled, I really like, in theory, to where those top four teams Mm -hmm. are playing for a bye. So the top four still has to play for something like it it benefits you to be in the top four. Yeah. Those next four get home field advantage in the first round. Mm -hmm. So there's something for those that aren't in the top four to still play for while the back four are still playing back four to eight are still playing to work their way into that final four. So it it's multiple levels of intrigue Mm -hmm. into the game. Yeah. And I like that, that there there's in, incentives to be top four top eight and top 12 because for the natural procrastinators like myself (laughs) that would motivate me to want to be top four i mean i'm not a part of college football don't get me wrong but there's got to be somebody out there who's like me maybe not maybe not it's football they're all competitive they're all aggressive but i'm just saying anybody who is a natural procrastinator you know that if you get incentivized then that motivates you to you know probably be at the, t- the top dog, period. So that'll be cool. Period. Yeah, period. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see a lot of things shake out today. Alabama's trying mm-hmm. to stay alive in their 
chase to get back into this top four for this year. Yeah. After their loss to Tennessee, Tennessee has a big matchup right now mm-hmm. against number. Well, they are number one, number two, Georgia, who uh-huh. is the reigning and defending national champion. Yeah. That's going to be a massive, massive showdown. And right now, it's got Georgia as the prohibitive favorite by nine points, which mm. I don't know if I agree with that line when you're talking about, I know Georgia's great. Mm-hmm. Defense wins games. It do- Georgia it does. Georgia is the second-ranked scoring defense in college football. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is the second-ranked scoring offense. That is a good matchup. Is the immovable object and the unstoppable force <laughs> going literally head to going head-to-head. Head. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. 230 game on CBS. Uh-huh. It's going to make a huge shockwave throughout the SEC because right now you're looking at the possibility of Tennessee trying to get into the top four, Uh Georgia trying to get into the top four, Alabama trying to get into the top four as they're sitting on the outside at six after their loss, uh, last second loss in Tennessee and you've got LSU that's trying to make a case for themselves mm-hmm. with two losses. So one of Georgia and Tennessee are going to be handed a loss and fall kind of, they won't control their own destiny anymore of getting back in. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, I think the odd thing about this game is that the winner, whoever wins, Georgia, Tennessee, they are almost guaranteed a college football playoff berth. Almost. Almost. Unless there's a disastrous, (laughs) yeah, unless they have this disastrous upset before the SEC championship, then they pretty much have it in the bag. Like I said, unless there's a a spiral that happens. Yeah, because you look at Tennessee's schedule on the way out, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, not exactly world beaters, (laughs) right? exactly. Georgia, kind of the same thing. Mississippi State, Kentucky, Georgia. Now, Kentucky's been pretty good this year. They've dealt with injuries to their quarterback, Will Levis, who is an NFL draft prospect, first-round draft prospect. And Mississippi State has been shocking some people this year. They have played pretty well. So of the two, Georgia has the tougher road out, plus the rivalry game against Georgia Tech, where anything can happen in a rivalry game. But if Tennessee wins this game, they can kind of moonwalk into the SEC championship. Yeah, also, too, I like how you mentioned that Georgia has a tougher schedule because the whoever loses this competition, whether it's Tennessee or Georgia, that as long as the loser is still competitive and wins the rest of the games from here on out, it'll have a solid case for the playoff berth. Then you have that problem that's Alabama that's trying to get their spot too. Their remaining schedule is LSU, which is going to be today. It's going to be a big game. Then you have Mississippi. Then you have another big game. Yeah, Mississippi's ranked in the in the top fifteen. And then you have Austin PA. Do you think that Austin P? That's one of those games where you give a school money to come and get their butt. Yeah, whipped. exactly. Okay, you okay? That's one of those games where <laughs> yeah. you pay them to come get yeah. their butts kicked. Okay, so that's going to be pretty easy. Then they have Auburn after that rivalry. Do you think? To me, out of all of those schedules, it sounds like Alabama has the toughest. What do Alabama you think? does have the toughest yeah. schedule on the way out. But the good thing about a tough schedule, especially when your only loss is a last-second field goal. In Tennessee to the number one team, if Tennessee were to win this game, mm-hmm. that is a that is a good loss. 
Because right. you also have to remember Bryce Young was in his first game back from a shoulder injury that he suffered. He missed the A&M game, did not play in that one, suffered the injury the week before against Arkansas and did not finish that game. So he misses A&M and his first game returning to action coming off a throwing shoulder injury is Tennessee in which he helped to keep that team really, really close and in that game. Yeah, so... So their schedule, the strength of schedule at least, it helps them in terms of putting quality wins to move up the rankings. That makes sense. Okay, so I like that assessment because I didn't think of it from that angle. But I'm excited to see how this game is going to end up. That's why I feel like this game right here today is going to be huge for college football. This is probably like one of the games. One of, if not the. If not the, right. I mean, it's one versus two, so it's the game. Yeah. Alabama's probably 1B mm-hmm. because Alabama playing LSU, it's usually a big game anyway. Mm-hmm. Plus, it is a night game at Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only people that I've seen, the only thing I've seen people compare this game to is like a Michigan versus Ohio State. So this is probably going to be like the most exciting game to watch. So I'm excited for this game. Now, I think uh, Tennessee's keys to victory in order for them to win. I think they need to get off to a fast start and possibly take the energy out of the home crowd because they're going to be in Georgia. Maybe that's why they're the favorites. Georgia's at home Mm -hmm. and they have a strong defense, um, but they need to they need to overwhelm Georgia. and Mm -hmm. and, And if they have to get into a shootout, then then that's their key to victory. Yeah. Because Georgia's offense isn't comparable to Tennessee's. It's not the sa- on the same It's not on the same level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. Have, you have low grade dispensary levels and then you have <laughs> high grade. <laughs> Tennessee's a high grade. <laughs> At least offensively because Georgia takes that on defense. Exactly. Georgia's <laughs> a high grade on defense. That's not it, though. We also have the Texas A&M Aggies. They're taking on Florida today at 11 o'clock in College Station. This is two teams that are just kind of spinning their tires and kind of falling in a tailspin right now. And A&M, a game you can actually catch right here on San Antonio Sports Star. As soon as we go off, Andrew Monaco and the pregame get you started at 10 o'clock. Kickoff set for 11 from Kyle Field, but the bright spot for Texas A&M is Connor Wegman got the start last week due to injuries to Haynes King and uh, still battling an illness right now so it's questionable if he returns for this game but Wegman looked good in a loss against South Carolina is a five-star true freshman and at this point at three and five on the season losers of four straight I think you got to start preparing for next year and if you're preparing for next year it is obvious that Connor Wegman is the future of A&M football and that offense. Do you think that uh, Jimbo Fisher, there's, they're questioning his, yes. how, his foundation at yes. this moment. I mean, he's lost, what, they've lost four in a row? They're questioning his foundation, but they're mainly questioning if he's spread himself too thin because he was brought in because he's an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. But his offense has become rather stagnant in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Does he need to hand over control of the reins to an offensive coordinator, have them control the offense, mm-hmm. and him 
broad view it, kind of the way McCarthy is doing right. with the Cowboys, to where Kellen Moore's the offensive coordinator. is his playbook. He is running things. Mike McCarthy's job is to run the football team. Mm-hmm. And that is on an even higher level when you're talking about college, when you're talking about running a team, because it is more players. You're dealing with over 100 players, plus boosters, donors, appearances. Like There is a lot more that goes into being a college football coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, too, his contract is $86 million. That's his buyout. <laughs> yeah. So he's a really expensive underperforming coach yes but like you said connor we, connor wegman, we, yeah. wegman I, I can't i botched that i'm sorry um he's probably the best thing that jimbo fisher has right now at yeah. college station and if you're gonna get ready start getting him ready for next year because this year is a wash yeah she is carolina teague i'm james pledger you can follow us on twitter i am at i am pledger she is at carolina teague underscore if i remember correctly Yes. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So follow CT on Twitter. Follow the station at SA Sports Star, or you can reach out on the Kilbasa Smoke Le- Meets phone lines, 656 ESPN. That is 210 656 3776. Also, there is a huge game tonight as we could have a champion crown. We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM and AM 1250. 20! Your new home for Dallas Cowboys football. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. Talk dirty to me. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. I am joined by Carolina Teague sitting in for Katie Goodman and Jack Thompson this morning. Yeah, I was like, where's Katie and Jack? You just get me. I'm sorry. I said, where's Katie? Oh, oh, I know. Right? I just get you. I'm like. Sorry, you just get me. I mean, it's fun doing this with you, but I know I don't sound too enthused, but I am. Trust me. The last. Okay. I did the math. Mm -hmm. If you and I somehow were to have a sports (laughs) child, our child would now be in kindergarten. Okay. Because our child would be five. Wow. That was the last time we were on 2017. That was the last time we did a show I think it was like 2018. Because I won Rock the Mic in 2017 Mm -hmm. in August, and then I went on air with you in 2018. Okay. Because I think that's when Saturday Morning Hangover started. Yeah, RJ and I got the show, I believe, in 2018. Yeah, so our 18, 19, 22. Yeah, five-year-old. We have a five-year-old, and our five-year-old would be in kindergarten. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So it hasn't been that long. Or has it? <laughs> in five years, you could get a college degree. In five years, we ha- came in and out of a pandemic. Oh, that's right. We also... <laughs> Time we're... stood still. And we're still friends after all these years. After all these years <laughs> and pan- no shows. Uh, yeah, no shows. <laughs> a pandemic. We went through a lot, Pleasure. We went through a lot. We've been through a lot. And so did our sports child. Yeah, so did our sports <laughs> child, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but our sports child... Seeing as if it would have been had in 2018, mm-hmm. would not have had seen an Astros championship because that happened in 2017. <laughs> but the Astros have a chance to win one for our sports child tonight as game six of the World Series happens. A game you can catch right here on San Antonio Sports Star. It starts at six o'clock with the pregame, seven o'clock 
with the first pitch. And who's doing the first pitch? Who's doing the first pitch, Pledger? Mr. Mattress Mac. Yes. Oh, who my God. has $75 million on the line. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a lot on the line. He's insane. He is one insane Houston Astros super fan. I well, he hedges. He hedges because he has that, uh-huh. but he has a promotion too. Right. To where you buy this furniture and the Astros win the World Series, we'll give you the furniture for free. Plus, he said they would double the pri- the purchase price. So, like, what they give you your money back and you get the furniture for free. I'm a I'm a mattress max super fan. I just want to say that, and I want to throw that out there. You know, Mattress Mac tweeted me, and he told me. He really? tweeted me. Really? Yes, and he told me I could tour the furniture store for free. That's he awesome. Said I, he said he'll give me a, a grand tour, and I was just so excited. I, he's an angel on earth, and he represents the city of Houston very well, I might say. I mean, uh, there was the Joel Osteen thing. Remember when during Hurricane Harvey? Uh-huh. Did, and uh, Joel Osteen did not open his doors for the city, <laughs> but Mattress Mac... The angel in Houston <laughs> opened his furniture store and allowed the people to mm-hmm. sleep on his mattresses for a home because of all the homes that were flooding. So mm-hmm. all the publicity that Mattress Mac is getting, all the love he gets, he deserves it. He opens his door to the city of Houston and he treats them really well. He deserves the first pitch. And I'm actually excited to tune in tonight for that for that very reason. Of course, they could win a World Series and that's also <laughs> great, too. But that's a great way to start today's game. Hopefully, you know, Mattress Mac wins his 75 mil. He deserves it. He does deserve it. Yeah. I, I am also a Mattress Mac fan. I've known him my entire life. He has been doing gallery furniture since I lived in Houston when I was growing up. Wow. Like gallery furniture has been a thing my entire life. Mattress Mac has been a thing my entire life. His commercials are second to none. So he's part of your childhood. <laughs> he is. Yeah. But this is... This is a big game. As an Astros fan, I am very uneasy because they were in this situation in 2019 Mm -hmm. against the Nationals. Yeah. Team that just felt like it was the team of destiny, a team that was just playing really well at the end of the season, snuck into the playoffs, ran into the World Series, and then ended up winning a World Series title. And I remember in that Game 7, because that was the year that they had two Cy Young contenders... Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was supposedly available for Game 7 if needed. And you had the lead late in Game 7. You could have thrown Garrett Cole out there to slam the door shut. Instead, A.J. Hinch went with his normal rotation. Garrett Cole was entering free agency at the end of the year. And they hit a big home run. History is history. The Nationals are the World Series champs. And one slipped through their fingers. Plus, I think this will do a lot to help quell the cheating scandal. Yeah, because, because there's, that's their that's, only title. And that's the asterisk. And if they lose this, oh, believe me, the rest of the world is going to say, then they deserve that asterisk because of what happened. And if they botch this. because And to me, this series has been really quite interesting because it seems like it's what well, it is flip-flopping back and forth. Mm-hmm. So based off of the track record of how this series has been going, game one, it was botched. Okay? Yeah. Astros should have won that game. And Justin and Verlander was Justin not Verla- taken out no. early enough. 
that is what the criticism was. Dusty Baker did not take out Justin Verlander quickly enough. And then... Same the thing f- in game four. Exactly. Lance Fair. McCullers. He's tipping his pitches. Just yank him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Dusty Baker was getting all this criticism. Fire Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker doesn't know what he's doing. Then they come back. No last hit. game, no hitter. <laughs> so it's like, are you botching it? Are you keeping Justin Verlander in too long? Or... Are you guys knocking it out the park with these no-hitters? Now, mind you, Justin Verlander, I want to talk about it because, you know, I was talking about this earlier. He redeemed himself. He did. Because Cy Young, Houston, future Hall of Famer. Absolutely. But in the World Series, he has been awful, guys. Awful. He has. And if he didn't do good, it would have been a stain on his legacy. But after Game 5... He redeemed himself, in my opinion. Game five was a roller coaster of emotions because you get the early one nothing lead. Jose Altuve had been struggling. He leads off with the triple. You get Jeremy Pena to drive him in. And then you get that 1-0 lead real quickly. Mm-hmm. Justin Verlander comes up. First batter, first pitch. Kyle Schwarber just sends one mm-hmm. on a rope out of the park. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, Ugh. not again. <laughs> Oh, not again. But while not pitching his best, he gutted his way through five innings and gave you a chance. And then Jeremy Pena comes up huge again with that solo shot to give him the lead, which gave him the chance for his first World Series victory. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy Pena, right now as we sit, is the MVP of the World Series if the Houston Astros win this thing because Pena has been a nightmare mm-hmm. for the Phillies pitchers. And as much money as Carlos Correa wanted, mm-hmm. and as much flack as they got for not re-signing him, mm-hmm. or George Springer, mm-hmm. they have been proven right in all instances because Kyle Tucker, who also won a gold glove, mm-hmm. was also an all-star, has also been playing extremely well. He's the guy that kind of they used to kind of supplant George Springer. And then Jeremy Pena is the guy out of the farm system that are like, we like what we've got behind you. We don't need to pay you $40 million a year. And it's worked. I am with you on this Jeremy Pena train. We're going to hop on the train together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get me a Jeremy Pena jersey. Yeah. And we're going to ride off into the sunset because in this series, he has been on fire, you guys. In fuego. Fuego. In the series, and he has a, he's had at least one hit in all five games. And in the Game 5 victory on Thursday, he delivered three hits in four at-bats, mm-hmm. including a home run and two ribeyes. The go-ahead home run. He's that guy, okay? I agree with you. He's the MVP if, and that's a big if. The Astros win the World Series. The good news is they do have Framber Valdez pitching today. Yes. He is a microscopic four point uh, 1.42 ERA. Yes. He has been a Cy Young candidate along with Justin Verlander all season long. He had the major league record for quality starts. So you're... <clears throat> he's been sharp Excuse in all... Me. Yeah, he's been sharp in all three playoff appearances. You know he's getting you at least six innings every time he steps onto the rubber. Mm-hmm. And while they're sending their co-ace and, and Zach Wheeler, the Astros hit him up in game two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
He has a 7.2 ERA. Yep. And the Astros did their damage early against Zach Wheeler when they played him in game two. I like Fran Bravel does to the, the mound. He's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm a southpaw too, you guys. Really? Yes, I'm a southpaw. So you anytime- and Rob Thompson. Oh, Rob is a softball, oh, too. Rob's a left. I'm a, I'm a super hardcore. If you're left-handed, we're, be, we're best friends. You and Rob are best friends. Me and Rob are best friends. Me and Framber. That's, you and Framber? I, I, we're best friends, too. He helped pick up the win in game two also. He mm-hmm. allowed only four hits, one earned run, and three walks. He struck out nine and six in the third innings. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, he's been sharp in all three of his playoff appearances, allowing just one, uh, three earned runs and 12 hits in 19 innings. So, Framber Valdez starting, I like that. And the great thing is, you said six and, and a third inning, six and two thirds. He's going to get you into the seventh, which allows you to get to your bullpen, which has been lights out with Bobby Abreu and Rafael Monto and Ryan Presley, who got a five out save the other night. The bullpen has been nails for the Astros. That's yeah. the key. Can Framber get through six, seven innings and turn it over to the bullpen and allow them to do what they've done all year long? I think that there's a possibility. And I, and I also, too, and I know I have you here, so I'm going to hold you right now. I'm going to hold you as long as I can. Just hold. Pleasure. <laughs> I want to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. That no-hitter on game five, <laughs> I loved it. And Christian Javier, he's bananas with the fastball now I his four seamers nasty he's 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 pretty he's insane and i give the astros a lot of credit to where they've come at this point and unfortunately and they had the the botched first game game one the one that drove me crazy and then they had the the uh scandal with the bat what was it uh yeah uh, there was like albert Pujols gave uh uh Excuse me, Martin Maldonado. Yes, Martin bats, Maldonado, yes. And those bats were deemed illegal. Illegal. And I was like, not again. <laughs> I cannot deal with this again because they're going to try to throw that as another asterisk. But luckily, they it, uh, uh, he hasn't. they've been told that he hasn't used the bats. He has not. He has just been gifted the bats by Albert Pujols. Right, but why did they make a big deal out of that? Why was that a big deal? Any, if he didn't use the bats... Why was this a story? Because it's the Astros, and you're looking for anything <laughs> you can. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what people were saying when they were losing, that they didn't have trash cans and all this stuff. I'm Look, they haven't lost very much. Right. They've been to uh, six straight ALCSs. Uh-huh. <laughs> they've I mean, been to four World Series. They're good. It's hard to say that they've been losing. The only time they lost is when they were tanking, <laughs> and the tanking paid off. And that's what everyone says. The tanking paid off. And and I feel like tonight is the game. They're at home. Can Mattress ha- Max throwing out the first pitch. Yes, but you did throw me out a little factoid. I think at the beginning or before the show started, you told me something. Yeah, I, I, give everybody that fact because I like that fact and you guys need to hear this because I didn't know this. Because the Astros were in this situation in 2019 against the Nationals and they couldn't pull it off. The last team to win a World Series at home, in their home ballpark, was 2013, the Boston Red Sox. So what are the odds? Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like it's it's a huge... I feel like with Framber on the mound, you feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, you got to do it tonight, though. But then also... I don't feel good about a Game 7. But also the pat, me neither. The pattern, though, is Astros lose, 
for this series. Astros lost. Astros won. Astros lost. Astros. Wait, I, my pattern is bad. <laughs> it's three two. It's three two. It's three two. That's all. It just seems like a seesaw. That's all I'm saying. It has been a seesaw, and the pattern in this series has been the the Astros. They can't hold it together. Lost game one. Mm-hmm. One game two. Mm-hmm. Game three was postponed due to rain. Yeah. Then it was played and they lost. Then they've won the last two. There you go. That's the pattern. But it's 3-2. It's 3-2. I can't afford them to lose tonight. If you're an Astros you fan, <laughs> if you're if you're an Astros fan, you cannot afford the Astros to lose tonight. They have to win tonight. And I will say this about Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac has put millions on the line before. And he's lost. So, is that a bad omen? Mattress Mac throwing out the first pitch? Is that a good sign? Or is that a bad sign? I'm hoping it's a good sign. He has lost money in the past. Let's get that man his money. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get that man his money. His money. She is Carolina Teague. Follow her on Twitter at Carolina Teague underscore. I am at I am Pledger. Follow the station at SA Sports Star or hit us up on the Kielbasa Smoke Meats phone line at 656 ESPN 210-656-3776. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, stay tuned because I'm going to have some Fandango codes so that you can go see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hits theaters November the 11th. Just keep it locked right here to the Saturday morning hangover for your chance to win Fandango codes for two to go see Marvel Studios' new Black Panther Forever. But coming up next, the NFL. The trade deadline is come and gone. What do we make out of the NFL season now as we push towards the postseason? Who set themselves up for success? Who didn't do enough? And where did the Cowboys rank in all of this? We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and AM 1250. This is Mike Greenberg on San Antonio and South Texas's strongest sports station. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back to the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman are out. Carolina Teague, the Rock the Mic 2 champ, of course, of Sports Tonight. She is joining me right now as we take a look at some uh, things that have been going on. Uh, that asterisk will never be removed from the Astros World Series Championship. That from Jason Garcia. Also, uh, friend of the show, friend of the station, Rod Chico Tanner of laying down the law with Steve Foster says he wants a college football playoff next year, 12 games. Also that it would help with the recruiting process across the NCAA. I agree with them. Yeah. I agree with them too. Now the NFL trade deadline came and went this week. Uh-huh. A lot of teams made deals. First of all, what do you think of the trade deadline? Cause it used to just be a boring thing in the NFL. Nobody really made moves ever. <laughs> and this year we saw a ton of movement. We saw a record 10 record. deals on deadline day, not to mention some of the moves that had happened prior to the deadline that were massive, like Christian McCaffrey. What are your thoughts on the way the NFL trade deadline is now versus how it used to be? Hmm. 
That's a good question. There's a lot more movement now. It's, well, obviously, this is record breaking. Do you <laughs> like it, though? I like it. I like it because it benefited my team. <laughs> there it is. That's why I liked it. I mean, so I'm a little biased when it comes to that. But uh, no, anytime uh, the NFL teams make huge trades, it's always going to make the news. And right now, we're at the cusp of November. October, November are always my favorite months when it comes to sports. So trade deadlines for me, when they make a big splash, mm-hmm. that's when I like it. When they're boring trades, I don't care. Let's talk about one of those big splashes that involves your team, the yeah. Chicago Bears, uh-huh. as they gave up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Can you believe that? I'm, I was stoked when I heard about this because Rudy J is also a Bears fan. Unfortunately. We're both unfortunately. Bear, unfortunately, we're both Bears fans. Yeah. Well, I'm a Texans fan, so I kind of get we're, it. We're both unfortunate. <laughs> we're all we're all unfortunate. It's a, a lot of unfortunate around <laughs> We've here. We've had a lot of misfortune in our lives. <laughs> but you know, can I say something real sure. quick? I've said, you know, um, I said I'm going to be a Bears fan till the day I die. Okay. And you know okay. what people tell me all the time that I'm going to v- live a very very hard life. <laughs> and it's true. It is true, and it's really sad. But, but yeah, I like made... Justin Fields. Me too. Me too. I and too. I felt like they did nothing to help him over the last few years since they drafted him. He's had no weaponry. He's had no offensive line. Like His best weapons are Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, and Darnell Mooney is a good wide receiver too, but he's the only one, and he's not even... He's like top. He's like he's six. like right. Yeah, and he's ranked like what number? I think in the league, he's like in the late twenties yeah. to the early thirties. He's not a star wide receiver. But now and you that, have a big body guy. Yeah, yes. Here's the thing: when the Bears gave up Robert Quinn, mm-hmm. and then they let go of my guy, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. I understood they're getting older. They have big contracts. But they're big pieces of the defensive line. And I was mm-hmm. like, yo, what is going on? What are you guys doing? They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. They have over $150 million in cap space. Now they got now a ton got, of picks. Now they got a ton of picks. But this whole, they've been in a rebuild phase. They've been in a rebuild phase forever. Okay, how long can it you rebuild? It was just two years ago they were in the in the playoffs in a play away from the NFC Championship <sighs> game with Mitchell me. Trubisky. Okay, Don't so remind me of that. Let's not act. Like you've been. No, I'm going to act like that. Okay, pleasure. I am going to act like that. It's been a year and a half. I'm going to act like that because I think, what was it? What year was that that they had the double doink? I think I'd have a three year. 2019. So my child would be four if if that happens. That was what, four years ago? And they didn't play a great job that day. 2019, 2020. I can't remember if there were fans in the stands or not. The rebuild phase (laughs) has been driving me crazy. I don't understand why you blew up the team. After you had that playoff run, and then you just dwindled it down. Well, you gotta, you gotta remember <laughs> that they've gone through coaching changes since then, and general manager changes. Ryan Poles oh. is the new general manager mm. for the Chicago Bears. He comes from the Kansas City Chiefs, and Brett Veach, and everybody to to a man mm-hmm. will tell you that Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs is one of the best run organizations in the NFL with how they draft, how they supplement with uh, free agency, and what they do to build a team. Now, if Ryan Poles felt 
that this team needed to be stripped down to the studs and built back up. He saw something that he obviously liked from Justin Fields over the last few games, uh-huh. yeah, which definitely. is why he went and got him a Chase Claypool right. to figure out if Justin Fields is truly the guy or not. I'm glad you brought me back because I was going to go down a rabbit hole. I know. Thank you for bringing me back. You got to remember, Claypool. change a change in organizational structure Pisses means me a lot of changes below the organizational structure. And it pisses me off. But I'm not here to vent to you all day, Pledger. I'm here to talk about how I feel about the picks. I'd be, I'd be so angry if I talked to you about this, and you just put me in a bad mood, and it's a Saturday. I'm supposed to be hungover, according to the show's title. <laughs> well, you maybe know, what after. Say? Yeah, exactly. Chase Claypool, this move. I love it. Love, you know what this tells me? That the Bears organization believes in Justin Fields. Because at first, when they gave away the defensive piece, and I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? This is The defense part is the stronger part of the Chicago Bears. Okay, Why are we giving up these people? Then we have Chase Claypool coming in, and it feels great. I will say this. They have been... The move is not going to be an easy move. It's going to be complex. Mm-hmm. Because... Mooney, it, t- it took Darnell Mooney and the rest of the offense weeks to get fully comfortable and eliminate the pre-snap issues, their alignment problems, and their route imprecisions that had plagued them throughout early in the season. So that took them several weeks to do that. Now you have Fields and Claypool. They've been staying late to work on their routes. Darnell Mooney has been offered to break down any confusing terminology for him. And I like the fact that tight end Cole K. Met also played with Chase Claypool at Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. and he's going to be able to help him as a wide receiver every step of the way. It looks like this offense, although we might not see progression in the first couple of weeks because he does have to get used to everything I just said, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen down the line. So I like that move. That was That's exactly why. You're setting him up for the future. Correct. Correcto. (laughs) Correcto. Do you feel better? Yes, thank you for letting me get that off You're my welcome. chest. We'll talk about more of the NFL trade deadline, what the Cowboys did, and what their future looks like moving forward coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. But I want to get Carolina Teague's thoughts on a tradition of mine that has started this week that makes me so happy deep inside. We're going to talk about Worst Fest next, right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. All you want is football. 20, 15, 10, and bounces his way into the end zone. Touchdown! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Carolina Teague, who's singing in for Katie Goodman and Jack Thompson this morning. Just needed one person to fill for two. <laughs> uh, you know, I have big shoes to fill. But let me say this. Mm-hmm. Our child, our sports child. Our sports if you guys, child. Yeah, if you didn't even hear us earlier, the last time me and Pledger, we were on air in 2018. Together. Our child would be five by now if we had a child. But <laughs> you and I need to have a friendly family debate. Oh, okay. We, uh, before sport? we get into the family debate, okay, yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. to start a debate by reading a tweet that oh, I got no. oh, during no. the last yeah. segment. Uh-huh. You referenced Poles as the general manager, but you forgot to mention that Aaron Rodgers was the owner of the Bears. Oh, my God. Who said that so I can, <laughs> so I can kill them? 
Who said that so I could kill them? <laughs> that would be James Conner. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, you're going to, whoever that is, James? Yeah, James. Okay, it's Mr. James. James. Mr. James? It's a good, strong name. You're going to end up on uh, the 9 o'clock news. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't like that, okay? That triggers me. It triggers. I get triggered right, when I hear so, Aaron Rodgers. What's our family debate? Okay, if we had to put our sports child in one sport, what would it be? What are you going to put our child in? Whew. I am a fan of football. Uh-huh. I love football. Uh-huh. Most money is in baseball. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. If he's a southpaw like you, he can carve out a uh, nice little career as a lefty pitcher. That's true. I, I like the football idea. We need to put I him love in fo- football. I think we need to put him in football, but I'm just afraid he's going to have CTE when he grows up. That's I mean, the only thing that scares me. I mean... Have you seen me? <laughs> good well, great. I do too. Great. <laughs> that doesn't give me hope, pleasure. <laughs> but <laughs> Worst Fest is here. It started this week, and it is by far my favorite time of year. Have you ever been to Worst Fest CT? No. What? I went when I was a child, like a younger child, and I have always wanted to go to Worst Fest. Always. I beg. I beg my man to take me to Worst Fest every year. But since he's from that area, New Braunfels area. I'm from that area. I still love it. He says that it's too expensive. It you is. have to pay 20 bucks for parking. What is you it? You have to pay 20 bucks for entrance. Uh-huh. And all their food and stuff is expensive. So he's like, it's a waste of money. But I love German culture. Does he go to Cowboys games? Yes. Do you not pay for parking and entrance and expensive drinks and food? Yeah, but that's the Cowboys. Okay. Uh, have is... you been to a Spurs game? Yeah. Do you not pay for parking and expensive? Literally anything you do. You go to Fiesta, <laughs> Texas. Pay. Do you go to SeaWorld? Do you go? Do, do you, you have do a anything life? fun? <laughs> do, you, do you have a life? That Period? is just what you have to do. <laughs> but I think it's like he's like saying it's overrated. I don't think it's. I've it's always not. wanted to go just one time because I love German culture. I love German food. It's amazing. And I just want to go one time to see, because my friend was just like, you need to try up. their potato soup. I was like, why is there soup? Get the carpoffel topper. It's a potato pancake. What the hell is that? It is a German potato pancake, and it is wunderbar. What, they give you ketchup with it or what? You, whatever you want. Wow. You can get all kinds of stuff on it. Oh. So you're going to be there? Yeah. When, today or tomorrow? No, not today. I'll probably either go tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably end up next weekend. Next Saturday, I'll probably end up out there. I want to go with you. I'm going to sneak in your trunk, and you're going to lock me in, and I'm going to sneak in, and I want to go. No, I really want to go to Worst Fest so bad. Talk to your man. Tell him, let's plan a trip for next weekend. Okay. So, it, well, how long does it last? I thought it was just one it's weekend. Two weeks. Oh, it's two weeks. Holy crap. It's two <laughs> weeks of German culture, sausage, and beer. Yum. Oh, I love, like I said, I love German culture. I love German food, especially. I like, and I say that because. Is delicious. Mm-hmm. I don't like French food. It's nasty, but I do like German food. I don't know why I just threw shots at the French. So, uh, because they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> she is Carolina Teague. I am James Pleasure. We got a whole nother hour to go. Plus, I'm giving away Fandango codes to see Black Panther Wakanda forever next hour. Stay tuned. Get ready to call in on those Kielbasa Bacon phone lines. You never know when I'm going to give them away during the next hour, but let's shoot for 915 ish. If you're staying close to your devices, but we've got to talk about the Spurs, what's been going on there. And of course they had a game last night and another one coming up tomorrow. Let's talk about it right here on the San Antonio sports star.
941 FM and AM 1250. KTFM Forest Live, local, loud. KCDC, San Antonio Sports Talk, ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome into the second hour of the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by CT, Carolina Teague of Sports Tonight, our Rock the Mic 2 champ. She is filling in for Jack Thompson, who is out at a wedding, and Katie, who is getting prepped for some Football games this afternoon, like UIW, as they get set to play later today at the Bird's Nest. Hola, guys. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Are you, are you still mad at the Aaron Rodgers comment? No, I'm over it. I'm used to it. I'm numb to it. <laughs> I hear it like every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Good. I'm okay. I know my team is trash. <laughs> well, maybe not no more because they have Chase Claypool. Yeah. But I'm used to it. You're used to the trash Texans comments. Oh, yeah. I'm sure because Every I mean, day. no offense, but they're trash. They trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was mad at them for staying with the Eagles on Thursday night. Yeah, I was. I couldn't. I was kind of surprised. To me, don't mess around and win games. Go get you your franchise quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't. Even, you want them to tank? Yeah, your team tank. I'm team tank. You for, know I'm team, team tank. tank. Period. Period. You know <laughs> I'm. Yeah. I'm all, you don't it, waver for you, nothing. <laughs> I saw it work. I saw it work in Houston with the Astros. It is going to work with the Rockets, and this I'm, is the Texans. So, you think that if they tank, that they have a chance? I do. Maybe they got a lot of draft picks. They got yeah. Cleveland's picks, which are looking pretty good right now. How you feel about Lovey Smith? You like him? I love Lovey. Me too. Lovey's a good dude. I feel like he doesn't get his flowers. He I like Lovey Smith. Uh-huh. I love Lovey Smith. Okay. I don't know if he's the long-term answer. Oh, see. Well, just I mean, because he, of today's game, you need an offensive guy most of the time. Yeah, which that's that's the part that sucks. Maybe he could do the Mike McCarthy route. Fire a, I would hope or fire. So. Hire a fire offensive coordinator. That would be great. And that'd be great. But controlling the offense is not what he's good at at all. It is not. It's been I evident. saw it in Chicago. It's just his whole life. His whole life he's great on defense. But as far as offense is concerned, no, absolutely not. He he needs to do the Mike McCarthy route and hire somebody who can get the job done. The NBA is the upside down in Stranger Things right now. It is the topsy-turvy, up is down, right is left, <laughs> cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, and nothing is more evident of that than the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, as they are supposed to be on Team Tank by the moves that they made this offseason. Mm-hmm. Now, they have lost two straight. One of those was a 43-point beatdown. Yeah. But, but I don't I have know. Excuses. I don't know if that's because of the distraction that's going on, which is something the Spurs never have to deal with, which is bad PR and an a looming lawsuit against the franchise and the waving of last year's lottery pick, Joshua Primo. I don't think that they're distracted by this. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because Pop said so yesterday in the presser that they, 
they are not distracted by what's going on. Pop also said don't go bet on on them in Vegas. He did. And was he lying? Well, I guess time will tell, right? And time will tell. Time will but tell. But <laughs> the, five and, the five and two start or five and one start made it seem like he was. You know what? Here's the thing with this whole situation. The Raptors game, I have an excuse for the Spurs. And I know they didn't that have I'm, their top two scores. Yeah, they didn't have Keldon. They didn't have Devin Vassell. Isaiah Roby was out. Blake Wesley was out. So I think they were down to nine players. Mm-hmm. Charles Bassey got to play. Yeah, he got to play. So it the score was 143 to 140, if I'm not mistaken. 143-100. Oh, 143-100. I'm sorry. It was the largest loss in Ever. the Greg Popovich era yeah. and the third la- largest loss in Spurs franchise history. Now, let's compare that to yesterday's game against the Clippers. They got off to a fast start. They did. Actually, they didn't. They started off really early in the first quarter, and they think they were up like seven points, mm-hmm. seven to two, or something they of that nature. They led into the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, Pledger, <laughs> the Clippers had a 17-point lead. Mm-hmm. And then a fight breaks out between Marcus Morris Sr. and Zach Collins. And I wish that they had an NBA turning point like they had an NFL turning point. Because I feel like that would have been a great episode. Had the Spurs have won, that would have been a great episode. Because after that scuffle that they got into on the court, mm-hmm. then we see a shift. Zach Collins. Yeah, they outscored him 40-28 to 28 in the second quarter. In the quarter. second quarter. The last time we saw them score that high was probably the Bucks versus the Spurs game in 2021. They scored a combined 87 points in the first half. I think it was 42 in the second quarter and 45 in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But that was the last time I remember the Spurs scoring 40 points or more. They had a shootout right after that. And I'm convinced it was because Zach Collins was pissed because he got into a fight with Marcus Morris because he had a huge block. He had a huge a uh, three-pointer, mm-hmm. and he just did a great job assisting the ball, and I felt like that made him angry. And then we saw Devin Vassell shoot lights out. My problem with yesterday's game, Pledger, was that they did not have – they had um, Devin Vassell on a minutes restriction. Yeah. He had 20 – He came off the bench. He came off the bench. I, that's the part that alarmed me. I was like, where's Devin Vassell? Why is he not starting today? I, I was rubbing my eyes because I was like, hey, uh, did I miss something? Then I found out he was on a minutes restriction. Mm-hmm. He only well, he played twenty. Soreness. I know, but he and I I get the minutes <laughs> restriction part, but he played twenty five minutes, scored twenty nine points. Mm-hmm. If he was not on a minutes restriction pledger, I would like to argue that they would have won that game yesterday. Okay, Paul you George. Can. Paul George was, but they didn't. Right, Paul George was on fire the whole game. But if Devin Vassell. Would have stayed in that game. Maybe if he would have started, maybe if he would have played three more minutes, they would have ended up with that win yesterday. So now that they're number ninth in the Western Conference and everything's going on and we really don't know where the Spurs are going to be at, I say I'm not happy that Devin Vassell wasn't playing at his full capacity and Keldon Johnson had 19 points. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody's been telling him about his consistency and things like that. It wasn't his best game either, but also he was out the, the game before. So you're seeing these two players come back. They're not at full capacity. Mm-hmm. And now, now here we are. They're number nine. And then they have to go play the Nuggets today. And then again on Monday. Monday. 
Yeah. So they get two games versus the Nuggets back to back. You have to go against Joker. The Jokic. The the plans are all coming together. That's going to be a tough game tonight. Very tough. Because you said it yourself, the Spurs could have won this game last. Absolutely, night. they blew it in the fourth quarter. <gasps> <laughs> It's almost like it was by design. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to fall into the conspiracy theory that it was purposeful and it was by design only because of the injuries. But I will say I was very saddened that uh, they could not hold the lead because they held that lead. I mean, you're they up did. 40 points and they outscored them in every quarter. Uh, they the were tied in third. The first and the third. Uh, first no, the and fourth, fourth, first and fourth. They could have held on to that 40-point lead. They weren't able to, unfortunately. But it's going to be even tougher today. Yeah. I will say that. Because they didn't have Kawhi yesterday. No, they did not. That's another story for another day. They never have Kawhi. They never have Kawhi. (laughs) But uh, but, uh, Zubak was also a a monster yesterday. They played really aggressive on the defensive end in the fourth quarter. And I, I will say that... I'm talking too much. Your turn. The you overarching. <laughs> you're not talking too much. You get it all out of your system. I, I know how I'm you sad. feel. But the overarching thing hanging over this franchise is waving Josh Primo and now the lawsuit that Tony Busby has filed against not only Primo, but the San Antonio Spurs because of Dr. Hillary Cawthon, a former Spurs sports psychologist who is alleging being flashed multiple times by Mr. Primo, and apparently she is not the only one. Yeah. What do you feel about that? I want to know what you... Uh, like, oh. It's easy for me to say <laughs> what I feel about it. I'm not a woman uh-huh. in a workplace. Right. And I. it's awful. I hate it. I hate that even if it's something as childish as, you know, it's kids being kids doing weird things... He is an adult. He is 19 years old. He is an adult in the eyes of the law. He is a professional. She is a professional. And if these allegations are in fact true, it is reprehensible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. It really is. And my problem, my biggest problem with this uh-huh. is according to to Dr. Coffin. Now, this is only one side of the story. Right. So I, I must preface with this. These are allegations. Mm-hmm. But this happened. She went to the general manager and HR and filed a complaint and they asked her what she wanted them to do about it. And there was no swift action to stop these actions. In fact, the only action they took from what the reports are in her testimony is that they basically told her to work from home Mm -hmm. and then basically did not renew her contract when it was all said and done. As she is telling them about these allegations. No, these actions. Oh, these actions. The, yeah. the allegations of these actions. Uh-huh. And that they, she told them in, in 
reportedly she told them about them in December of 2021. She couldn't even get a meeting with Brian Wright about these allegations until January. And then nothing was done after that until April, I think it was, when they started having her work from home. And then by June, they didn't take her to Summer League. They didn't, where it reportedly had happened again in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest concern is we put the Spurs franchise and organization as this holier than thou, do the right thing. We're going to do what's best for you organization. And this is not that. This is the part. And I think you've hit the nail on the head describing this. This lawsuit, these allegations, they scream not only sexual assault due to indecent exposure, mm-hmm. but they also scream to me more than anything because I've read this about three times. Mm-hmm. It screams toxic work environment over everything. And we look at the Spurs as this. There's some gripes that I have, too. We look at the Spurs as this uh, crystal clean, crystal clean. They do the right thing type of organization, but we get that vibe. In my here's how I get that vibe because of Pop. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pop, by the way he moves, who he puts on his coaching assist, his staff, and the way that he treats the players, all the stories that come out, he they have that reputation mostly because of Pop. Dr. Hillary Cotton's boss was not pop. In this instance, she had a report to Brian Wright, the head of HR. She was not working under pop. I feel as though if pop knew, which in the lawsuit, they said he was, she was told directly by Brian Wright and Human Resources that pop was aware as of June. I don't believe that because, I mean, personally, I don't believe that because in the press conference, they said they don't believe that Greg Popovich knew. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't believe that Pop knew either because he would have done something about it. And Tony Busby, as exactly. a matter of fact, he was one of the ones that said, because Tony Busby's job is to find all guilty parties involved. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. And to really put the screws to the entire organization. Mm-hmm. But from his press conference, it didn't sound like Busby believed that pop he didn't knew he didn't one of the meetings uh you know she had great respect for coach popovich uh, i think a lot of people uh, see him as a progressive coach somebody who speaks out on social issues somebody who talks about culture uh, she insisted that he be aware of what was going on uh, she was told that he was aware about what was going on. Now, we can't stand here on the 75th floor of Chase and tell you that that, that was the truth. Uh, we don't know. At that point in time, and I'm talking about in June, when they told her that, um, June of this year, they told her Coach Pop is aware. Coach Pop knows. Uh, I think we, we may have concluded here that at that point in time, she was being lied to. Now, Tony Busby has no reason to protect Pop. Right. As a matter of fact, it behooves him to involve Pop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's the part. I don't th- I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think Pop knew. What also alarms me as well is why is Popovich making these statements? I don't know if you saw a statement yesterday, but he said, you know, he 
they disagree. The Spurs disagree essentially with the timeline of how things went down according to the lawsuit. Yeah, but that was th- the why that is- was the press release from R.C. Buford and, and, and Spurs Sports and Entertainment. And Pop agrees with that. He said that yesterday that he that the timeline is the part that's where they disagree on. My thing is this: Why is Pop the person that gets in front of the podium and giving us these statements? Why is it not R.C. Buford, the owner of the team? Why is it not Brian Wright, the person who is all over this lawsuit? Mm-hmm. How come they're not making the statements? That's the part that really because gets when me you the think most. of the San Antonio Spurs, you get, you can put titles aside. Who is the face of the San Antonio Spurs organization? And I can see that that is Pop, and I can see why he does it. But in I feel like in this sensitive matter, this is far removed from basketball that we see on the court. This has zero to do with. Well, it has something to do with a player, but <laughs> I feel like Pop should not be having to be the one to make the statements publicly. It should be Brian Wright. We've seen GMs come out and make statements. We've seen owners come out and make statements. Hell, Jerry Jones talks all the damn time. <laughs> he even calls in to hear, right? No, he doesn't That's call in to hear. That's, That's Steven. I'm sorry. Well, he calls That's the radio. That's boy, he, but he does call the he, fan. He does call the fan, right. So I'm saying owners talk. Why are these, why is this owner on this big, with this big story, with these huge allegations, you can say literally the same thing that you wrote down, but it would be nice to hear them verbally say. So you want to hear from the Holtz. I want to hear from the Holtz. I want to hear from R.C. Buford. I want to hear from Brian Wright. And if Brian Wright doesn't want to talk because he's written all over this lawsuit, I want to hear from R.C. Buford. I want to hear from the Holtz. Somebody besides Pop. Because I don't think that, I think that what is happening in front of us is far removed from pop. This is not a pop thing. This is clearly in this lawsuit a toxic work environment. They handled it wrong, allegedly. And of course, we have to wait till everything plays out in court. But this looks bad. Looks real bad. It looks really bad. And I'm still confused as a woman as to how a man can sit down. And I've, I had a Twitter spaces. And there was 522 people. I asked, is there a man that can explain to me how somebody can sit down wearing compression shorts and their their privates fall out. <laughs> I have never I've been a you, pleasure. I'm in sports media. I've been around men for a very long time. I've never accidentally seen anybody's private parts. How can that happen? Nobody has an answer for me. Nobody has an answer. That makes no sense to me. That's the only part that gets me the most. How did that happen? If he's wearing Compression shorts, and they're only compression shorts, and they're white. I don't know; it falls out, but you can see it. And that's the part that's not in the lawsuit, too. By the way, how did she see it? Because uh, there was a a statement from Primo's attorney that basically alleged that he said sheer see through whatever. Okay, and maybe. That, I'm just incorporating right. all sides of everything. That's the part that that's the part that I really want more detail on, and I think probably a lot more people want more detail on. Like, how did this happen? Because it seems confusing. Uh, hopefully, more comes out. Well, more has to come out at this point because more will come out. More will come out exactly. But we only have one side, and if it is true, then Josh Primo needs to be held accountable. For not only his trauma that he's processing and his mental health that he's currently getting help for, but he also needs to be financially responsible for the quote-unquote 
you know, multiple, because we've only had one person come out, multiple victims in this situation, because if indecent exposure is not something to be taken lightly, and it's a, it's very, very, if you've ever been, had someone indecently expose themselves to you, like I have, it's disgusting. She is Carolina Teague of Sports Tonight and our Rock the Mic 2 champ. You can follow her on Twitter at Carolina Teague underscore I am at I am Pledger. Of course, follow the station at SA Sports Star. When we come back, what did the Cowboys do? Did they do enough at the trade deadline? We're going to talk about Dallas as they get ready to make a run for the second half and put themselves in position to make an NFC championship game and possibly a Super Bowl. Where are they after the trade deadline has come and gone? We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. This is Keyshawn Johnson on your home of the Dallas Cowboys. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. She is Carolina Teague. She is sitting in for Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman this morning as the Dallas Cowboys are smack dab in the middle of their bye week. So no game this week for the Dallas Cowboys. But it was a busy week out at the Star. It was trade deadline week, and there were reports that they were involved in discussions of trading for Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks. But apparently no deal could be made because of the Texans asking price and Brandon Cook's salary, which is over $18 million next year. Mm -hmm. If you're a Cowboys fan, I want to know, are you disappointed that they did not make a move prior to the deadline outside of Jonathan Hankins, which I believe probably the best deal that they did make. I like their offense. I like where it's at. I know they've got, James Washington coming back from that foot injury soon. You've got a defense that is playing superb. The one question about said defense is their run, their ability to stop the run. Mm -hmm. Can they do that? Well, they solidified that by going and getting a run-plugging defensive tackle in Jonathan Hankins, Mm -hmm. who didn't cost you that much. Mm -hmm. I think the Cowboys are one of three teams that I believe in in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. Oh. It is the Dallas Cowboys, it is the Philadelphia Eagles, and it is the San Francisco 49ers. Those are the only three teams that I truly believe in in the NFC. And I know, it feels like I'm sliding the Minnesota Vikings, who are 6-1 and one right now. Mm-hmm. You are. Okay. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> Especially Monday night, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, if they played all the games at noon on a Sunday, <laughs> sure, Kirk Cousins is going to roll. <laughs> yeah, you might be on to something. <laughs> uh, look, so you were satisfied that they with this move, this NFL trip. Before I, I think the lack of point. a move for Brandon Cooks was a good thing. I don't think they needed Brandon Cooks. I don't think they needed a wide receiver. They are going to get James Washington back at some point Mm -hmm. during this season. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to solidify wide receiver, there is a guy floating around out there that can come in for a stretch run help by the name of Odell Beckham Jr., if you truly believe so. And all he costs is money, not draft compensation. 
I like the move that they made, which is nothing. I, I agree with that because why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They have a great defense right now. They, in my, in my mind, they have one of the one top of the two defenses in the entire NFL right now. They, and you have Micah Parsons, who it's been clear that he's probably one of the best, if not the best defensive player in football through the past several games. <laughs> and <he's>, last year. <laughs> and he's tied for second most sacks in the in the NFL with eight. And he's not a full-time defensive end. And he's not a full-time defensive end. With the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles game, where the Philadelphia Eagles were able to triple-team him and double-team him, mm -hmm. and they were able to successfully isolate Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is that guy. Micah Parsons is that dude. With the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles game and the Chicago Bears game, which Justin Fields had a breakout game, which was rare, the Cowboys' defense have been holding their opponents to 20 points or less. Mm -hmm. They've been doing a great job. Then you have... Demarcus Lawrence. Then you have Dante Fowler. Then you have Dorrance Armstrong. Leighton Van Der Esch. Leighton Van Der Esch. Those guys, with the exception of Leighton Van Der Esch, they have a combined 13 sacks. And then you have my guy, Trayvon Diggs. Mm -hmm. my personal, one of my personal favorite he quarterbacks in the NFL. He was my boy last year. Yeah. That's, I, yeah he's, he's incredible. I went hard on him last year and into the offseason. And yeah. I said... Trayvon Diggs cannot get away with what he did last year because it's unsustainable. He, you cannot give up that many yards and that many penalties yeah. and expect the turnovers to be the same. And my whole challenge this offseason was I don't care if he has half of the turnovers, which is six six picks is still incredible. 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 He's if, probably my favorite if quarterback. If he got half of the picks and gave up half of the yardage, with half of the penalties, he would be an all-pro. Just watching him on the field makes me happy. And he's doing that. And, and and the way that he follows the wide receiver, it's like he's a wide receiver himself. He like twists his body the proper way. Well, he was. Well, that's well, well, I, well exactly. Coming and I feel out, like he, he mentally tells himself when he. To me, Nick I think he Saban tells himself. Flipped him to the defensive side of the ball. That's why I think in his mind. He thinks he's a wide receiver. That's how he can get that many interceptions because the way that he moves his body is like a wide receiver, but he's a cornerback. Mm -hmm. He's like my favorite right now, cornerback-wise. And I might be biased I'm here in Texas, but I love watching him play. No, he's fantastic. It makes sense that the Cowboys didn't do anything because of that reason. The defense is phenomenal. Then you have my guy, another one of my guys, too. I have all these guys, right? You got a lot of guys. I got a lot of guys. Cavante Turpin, mm -hmm. great on the return, too. Does an incredible job for the Cowboys. They don't need to move on him because of that. Their kicker's good. They don't have a bad kicker. That was the issue What last year. Mm -hmm. They couldn't find a kicker. Now you have the offensive pieces. You have Dak, and then your backup QB, Cooper Rush, isn't, isn't bad as well. I mean, you've seen that they were able to get wins with him. You have Michael Gallup. A good, decent wide receiver core. He's a good wide receiver. Yeah, Michael Gallup, him, Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. What? Why do you need to make a trade? Uh, move on the trade deadline. 
Well, the There's problem no is reason. if you well, the go past get the rest Brandon season. Cooks, that's eighteen million next year. You've got a list of like twenty something free agents at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to pay Trayvon Diggs at some point. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay Micah Parsons at some point. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to re-sign Leighton Van Der Esch the way he's playing. Like there are moves that you're going to have to make in the future that you may not want that $18 million in cap space tied up in. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I don't think you need, that was the move you needed to make. Offensive help isn't where you need it. To me, mm-hmm. there- I'm concerned about your cornerback depth. After losing Jordan Lewis for the season with that Liz Franck injury, mm-hmm. Anthony Brown. Yeah, I don't like him that much. No offense. No Cowboy fan does. <laughs> just saying but well he you, was the reason why they lost to the eagles the depth behind trayvon diggs and now with jordan lewis down is very minimal oh. and you're hoping nashawn wright takes a step forward hoping the second round pick from last year uh kelvin joseph takes a f- step forward oh. and that's a big ask in the middle of the season uh-huh so if I would have made a move, it probably would have been for cornerback help. And that's the one concern I have with the Cowboys as we move forward. The one thing is, the good news is, their pass rush is extremely well. And one way to mask a secondary that can be susceptible uh-huh. is to create pressure on the quarterback to where they don't have time. Right. And, and they can and you do can. That's their way of masking it. Right. But the, you can only wear that mask for so long because we have seen with their rush defense, the cracks in the system. We have. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. Put pressure on the quarterback and you can eliminate all that stuff. And that's worked because like we said before, with the exception of the Eagles game and the Bears game, they have limited their opponents to 20 points. And the Eagles did get better at the trade deadline by going out and getting Robert Quinn. But. Don't remind me. But. They didn't look good against Houston. That's the part that surprises me the most. And by good, I mean dominant. Like they right. let Houston move the ball on them. They got. And Houston was was without its top two wide receivers in that game. Brandon Cooks was mad crying at home because he didn't get traded. Mm-hmm. And Nico Collins had a growing injury. They were throwing Philip Dorsett and a bunch of tight ends out there, basically. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. But Damian Pierce is that dude. I think they, the, what sucks about this, this season for the Cowboys is that they're having a great season, but then you have the Eagles in the same division. And they've been doing a great job uh, with their utilizing their RPOs, the run game. I mean, that first drive they did against the Texans where they – 18 plays and on fourth and one they just run it through a, uh-huh. a hole the size you could drive a truck through uh-huh. that is demoralizing <laughs> well that's what they're good at that's what they've been good at and knowing how to slow down the ball when it needs mm-hmm. to be slowed down so they're good at adjusting their tempo on offense the good thing though yeah i agree because that's what they do and that's what they did to beat the cowboys that last drive that they had it was seven minutes they can speed it up they can slow it down they, they can, can play do whatever, whatever pace they want they're to. in control and i like that she is carolina teague follow her on twitter at carolina underscore teague catch her stuff on sports tonight i am james pledger this is the saturday morning hangover right now if you'd like to go see 
Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which hits theaters November the 11th. Be caller number six into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656 ESPN. That is 210-656-3776. That's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Fandango codes for two to go see Black Panther's Wakanda Forever. We're going to have tickets all next week as well, so stay tuned right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. It's Rob Thompson. Get your big headline sports and a whole bunch of fun. Join Rudy J and I weekday mornings at 7. It's R&R in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman are out today, so I brought in one of the OGs. Period. RTM number two. Numero dos. Carolina Teague of Sports Tonight. Follow her on Twitter at Carolina Teague underscore. Uh, Congratulations to Frank, who won our Black Panther Wakanda Forever tickets. Don't forget, we're giving away tickets all next week as well. He also won me... To remind you about the Frontier Bowl. Harlandale McCollum tonight. College football season winding down. Had a great game last night right here on San Antonio Sports Star. And of course we start the playoffs next week with our San Antonio Sports Star Express News High School football game of the week. Not sure who it's going to be yet, but I know Jason Minix and Rudy J will bring you Live, that first round playoff action, it is brought to you by the San Antonio Express News, Energized by Hill Electric, Frost Bank, and Central Builders Incorporated. Also brought to you in part by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, Stevens Roofing, and TSAOG Orthopedics. Carolina? Como estas? Are you excited for tonight? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am excited. Are you because I'm nervous. I am a nervous wreck. As an Astros fan, I am falling apart at the seams. Why? Because Are you I'm nervous? terrified. Do what does your heart tell you? Does your heart tell Framber you Amber needs to win this tonight? <laughs> okay, that's what your heart tells you. It, game seven would just It's uh, it'd game be seven colors who they've already tatted up, or you're throwing Javier on short rest, probably. It's one of those two. So you and I don't like either option. Yeah, I would rather close it tonight. They have. I feel like they have to close it tonight. If they don't, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't see them beating them in game Philly in game seven. Even though it's at home, and it's mainly just because I don't know if McCullers can correct his mechanics in time mm-hmm. with just one game, or if Javier would be good to go on short rest. I don't know either, and that's why... And be as dominant as he was. They have to have... This has to be the game with Valdez mm-hmm. on the mound. But he's he's good. He's 2-0. and He is a 1.42 ERA mm-hmm. in the postseason. So there's a, a huge possibility that the Astros can't... It's either between it. him and Pena for World Series MVP. I want to give it to Pena. Oh, I do too. But I I do believe Framber, especially if he goes and throws a gym tonight, has a chance. Definitely. And and also, shout out to Javier. 
Christian Javier. Christian Javier. Is it Christian? It's Christian Javier. It's Christian. Okay, because it's pr- spelled like Christian, but it is Christian Javier. It very Javier. well may maybe be, it'd be Christian. 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 But he had a no the no hitter combined no hitter, second time in the World Series history. And I believe combined no hitters are even more impressive than Heck singular yeah. no hitters because you're bringing a guy in yeah. basically cold. <laughs> yeah, you have your three relief. other times. They had uh, relief pitchers. Abreu, mm-hmm. Montero, yep. and Presley. Yep. That was impressive. That's, that was an impressive game. Like I said, if Framber can get you through six, Abreu, Montero, and Presley can slam the door shut. I think so, too, especially look how they did the last game. Uh, yeah, last game and the no-hitter. They mm-hmm. did it in both games. Those two just come out, and they will close the door. And then Mattress Mac wins the 75 mil. You don't have to no longer be a nervous wreck. Exactly. And I I really... There's going to be heavy drinking tonight. I thought you weren't going to Worst Fest. Oh, you're still going to drink. Yeah, I'm going to be watching this game just <laughs> destroying whatever's in the house. Don't drink. You don't need to drink. Or do you? To get through the game, I think I do. You don't? Do you? Do you be, so do you? Are you like? Do you become more angry if they like if they? Oh lose, no! Would you be I angry? just become more nervous. Oh, you, oh, oh! So if you don't drink, you'll be more nervous. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, you should drink something. Take, it'll take it'll just kind of take the edge off a little bit. My uncle has been with the Astros for twenty plus years, and the Astros organization flew him out to Philadelphia. Oh wow! Yeah, him and any other tenured employee that was twenty plus years. They put them on buses, flew them all out, free hotel, free stay, free World Series tickets. The Astros organization is incredible for doing yeah. that. I think my uncle has been dedicating his whole life to the Astros. He's the biggest fan. And then I mean, I've he... been dedicating my whole life to the Astros. Where's my ticket? <laughs> Where's your ticket? Where's my But let me just say this. I am 41. I I go way back. I go back to Mike Scott and Craig Biggio being a catcher. And the Astrodome, like, I go way back. So you're one of them. I'm one of you're them. You're one of the OG fans, so you need a ticket, too. I, I was Where's there, your ticket? I was there when they traded for for uh, Jeff Bagwell from the Boston Red Sox. They've been... Oh, so I was like, well, are they going to win or are they going to lose? When he, go, <laughs> when he went to Philly, mm-hmm. I was like, are they going to win or are they going to lose? They had the rain out game, mm-hmm. and I thought he was going to go to... The, they were supposed to go to that one originally. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They ended up going to the... No hitter game, so I thought. Oh, I thought, nice! Yeah, I thought so it was he, cool. He, he got didn't to have w- to go to the the, to the McCullers game. No, he didn't have to go to. The, he went to the last the no hitter game. So I was nice. like, "That's a great." That was probably. I bet you he was having the time of his life. I bet. Yeah, he made the news. He was going crazy on the news. Nice. Um, so I think the Astros deserve it because they treat my uncle really well. It's personal. They treat my uncle really well. And they really need to wipe off the stain that is 2017. I think so, too. I think with the amount of success that they've had since then, the only thing that eludes them is that World Series title. And they came so close in 2019. Very. I believe that if they can get another one, you can start talking about this team in dynastic type ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't believe they're quite yet a dynasty unless they get this one i don't even know because i still think that you need at least a back-to-back or two and three years i think that you can have you can have the dynasty conversation 
You can have the conversation. I think they fall just short of it, though. But if they don't have this World Series under their belt, this one right here that we're watching. This one matters. This one matters. If they don't get it, then the Dynasty conversation is out of the question. And then we're going to have the, was it because they cheated they won? And that'll be on there forever, regardless of what people think. Because that National Series, that what did everybody say after they lost? They needed to See? cheat to win. They're going to say the same See? thing here. They didn't have the trash cans. They didn't have the trash cans. <sighs> Which I've talked to some major leaguers. <laughs> and what they tell you. Give me the tea. It's dumb. What, the trash cans was dumb? Yeah. Like, yeah. to think that that was actually something that you have to listen audially uh-huh. for a thump and then process it as a 90 something mile an hour fastball is coming at you register it locate it where it's going to be and then make con- like actual are you making excuses no no actual hitters have told me like that that's it's... inconsequential so then why was it such a huge deal then i don't know <laughs> i've had because they cheated period they but shouldn't everyone's cheated. cheating yeah if lance mccullers was tipping his pitches and bryce harper's calling people over to let him know like if he's doing this do that that is sign stealing, is it not? And you know what my argument to that is to the diehard Astros didn't cheat then and I don't want to ruffle feathers, but just because all men cheat in relationships, <laughs> does that mean it's okay? No. You shouldn't be cheating. That's just where I'm at. But with baseball that. is a game of cheating. You are taught from a young age to steal <laughs> signs, to pick up like it. it it's what you're supposed to be it's trying to do. It's what you're supposed to do. To do. Yeah. Well, actually, they just took it a step further. <laughs> they took it. They took it a big step further. And but do I hold them? Do I? Am I one of those asterisk people? No, mm. because they've proven. I mean, if it would have been one thing if they fell completely off right after that, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They've been able to maintain their consistency and just have winning records throughout the- six straight ALCSs, four yeah. World Series, one championship. That's just. Those you, numbers are hard to, to argue. And they're hard to re... They're hard to... It's hard to come by that again if you were a bad team. Oh, I don't think so I'll if see the, it again. If mm. the cheating was that big of a deal, then we wouldn't see the success that we're having now with the Astros. She is Carolina Teague. Follow her on Twitter, at Carolina under uh, Carolina Teague underscore. She is of sports tonight. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. We're going to put a bow on the show, and I'm going to ask Teague a very, very important question as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys and their chance to go for a Super Bowl title. It's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. What's up? It's Rudy J. Enjoy your weekend, and let's talk the biggest stories in sports Monday morning, 7 till 10. It's r r in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Uh, it is almost time to ride off in the sunset from Carolina. Myself here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I am James Pledger. She is Carolina T. Doing a fantastic job sitting in for Katie Goodman and Jack Thompson this morning. Well, I wanted to do a good job because it's our big shoes to fill, but I have a question for you, Pleasure. Okay. So, at the beginning of the show, we let everybody know last time we, we were on here was in 2018. Mm-hmm. And that if we had an imaginary sports Baby. child, the child would be five. 
because mm-hmm. that's how long it's been. Since so, we've been on air together. Since we've been on air together. It's been five years. If you had, wait, if the Astros win the World Series, will you be taking the imaginary sports child to the Astros parade? Whew, I got to see what day they have that parade scheduled for. But quite possibly, yes. You should. You're an Astros fan. You're I've from Houston. One. Right? Are you from Houston? Yeah. You're from Houston. You're an Astros fan. You've been with them forever as a fan. I think you should possibly call in and go. I'm not trying to give you bad advice on the air, but no, you I, should call in and I, go to the parade. I don't disagree with that. i got tons of time off. I can take it. <laughs> yeah, take the time off. Stop, uh Tweets coming in, sign stealing isn't illegal, using technology to do it is. Yes, but they weren't the only ones using technology to do it. The Yankees filed a motion to have some documents sealed that proved that they were doing it. The Red Sox were using Apple iWatches, which are also technology to seal signs. The Astros aren't the only ones that were doing it, but they take the most flack for it, especially from teams that were also involved in it. So, I... You it are, is what it is. Okay, I'm going to call you out. I will wear the scarlet letter. It is what it is. You're very team tank on San Antonio Spurs. I get called all the time for my homerism. Mm-hmm. You're giving Astros homer vibes. Okay, about what? Because you're making, you, you sound like their lawyer, giving them all these defenses. Yeah. For their cheating. I, I, I gave it to the Patriots, too, and I'm not You're the Tony fan. Busby. <laughs> I may be. Uh, you're the Tony Busby of the Astros. I very you're, well you're, maybe. You're very knowledgeable on this topic, and you're making a great defense for them. Look. Anybody could tell you anything about the Astros. You have a defense for it. What they did was wrong. <laughs> but, they weren't the only ones doing it. That doesn't make it right, but it should shield them from the ire of other teams that were also doing it. That's all know. I'm saying. Like yeah. other teams and fan bases, you've treat, got no room so to So what talk. you're saying is treat everybody else the same way you treat us. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. Got it. But we are the face of the scandal. We are the scarlet letter. <laughs> it is what it is. You're the Judas. <laughs> I am the Judas. Astros are the Judas. She is Carolina T. Carolina, thank you so much for sitting in with me this morning. This has been a blast. And I will take our, our sports child to the to the championship parade if it does so happen. Well, thank you for taking good care of our child. <laughs> I appreciate it. She is Carolina Teague. Follow her stuff on Sports Night and follow her on Twitter at Carolina Teague underscore. I'm James Pledger. Thank you so much for kicking up with us this morning right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and AM 1250.